Real. Intimate. You are now tuned into Bonnets and Durags, a Pillow Talk podcast. I'm your host, Via Simone. Let's get into it. What's going on, world? It's your girl, Simone, and you are tuned in to another episode of Bonnets and Durags, a Pillow Talk podcast. I am your host, Via Simone, and I am going to do a solo episode today. Um, When I did my very first solo episode back in May when I launched the season, I got such great feedback about me just doing the episode on my own. People felt like they could relate to my story. They wanted more solo episodes out of me. And because this is episode uh, 410, I was like, why not? Let's go ahead and do another uh, solo episode. So what I think I might try to commit to, um, please hold me accountable if you're listening. I'm going to try to commit to doing every 10 episodes by myself. So the next iteration of it would be if I'm doing season four, if I'm continuing to do season four, um, the next episode would be episode 420, 420 um, as a solo episode. So I'm going, I'm putting it out there. Hold me accountable, y'all, if you're listening. Um, but I think that it, it really helps me get get myself out of my comfort zone. So, you know, why not? Let's, let's go for it. But yeah, so much has happened since the last solo episode I've done, um, yeah, wow, I don't even I don't even know where to start, honestly. Like, well, one, before we really, really get into it, I just want to take a moment of silence to honor the life and the legacy of the late Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, excuse me. He, as you all know, have, has passed away um, at the age of 43 from colon cancer. And it was a, a long fight of his. He, from what we know, he had been fighting this battle with cancer for four years, and he um, continued to work throughout his his battle. Um, I read somewhere that he was recording, not excuse me, not recording, filming um, in between chemotherapy sessions, and that just it just broke my heart. It just goes to show you what kind of hardworking and resilient spirit this this man had. And it has been such an honor and a privilege to have him on on this earth while we had him, you know, sharing his amazing abilities and his his talent and being such a a legend and acting in roles, in legendary roles. It it almost makes you think like, man, maybe maybe he told his agent, like, I do not want to play anything other than a legendary character in the roles that I, I, I have from here on out. And... If that is true, then he held his word, and I think he has created such a remarkable um, acting career and, and legacy for himself. So may he rest in peace, prayers and thoughts with his family, his friends, children, if he does have any children, colleagues, and all of the fans around the world. Thank you for taking that moment of silence with me. Um, You know, his legacy speaks volumes for the black community, for not only black adults, but black children. And my my mind and my thoughts are with all the individuals who have been moved by his life and his legacy. So yeah, oh man, don't mean to start the the episode so, so deep and so heavy, but 
I would be remiss not to say something. And I actually was watching um, a video that I came across on Instagram um, about some of the, the, you know, the, the things that he has accomplished in life. And, you know, it was, it was a real, a highlight reel of some of the speeches that he's given and the interviews he's done. And, um, there was a quote that he had, or that he had stated when he did his, um, acceptance speech at Howard university. I believe he, um, was given an honorary doctorate. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure if that's exactly the title, but I know that he, um, was a commencement speaker at, um, Howard university's, um, commencement a couple of years ago. And one of the quotes that stuck out to me that I think, you know, could, you could also find value in too is he said, sometimes you need to feel the pain and the sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. And when I heard that, I instantly started crying because I know firsthand what it feels like to, to feel defeated, to feel deflated, to feel embarrassed, to feel, um, you know, like I'm not worthy or I'm less than, or to have imposter syndrome. It's really, it's a real feeling. It's a, it's a hard feeling. It's a hard pill to swallow. And so I just think back to all of those moments where I felt like there was no end in sight. And I felt like, you know, everything I do and in anything I do is just going, it's working against me and, and nothing's going to get better for me. I often think back to the, the moments of when I felt deflated and defeated at work. Um, the good news uh, is since I last did the solo, epi- the solo episode, um, I was able to step into a new role at my, my place of work and I essentially got a promotion and I'm aligning more closely with the work that I want to be doing in partnerships and um, community building. And so now I'll be working as a partnerships marketing manager um, and I couldn't be more thrilled about it. I'm working with a brand new team. It's the B2B marketing team in my company and my managers are incredible. They not only are pleasant beings, but they are so invested in, in me and my growth and helping me get to the next level that it's just something that I just never had experienced before, especially from from leadership, from not just directly my direct manager, but up into the VP of marketing of our department. They all just want to see me win, and it feels really, really good to be a part of a, an organization that really is passionate about that and wants to pour back into me. Because like I said, you know, in the last role that I was occupying, I'm going to be candid. I, I didn't feel that way. Um, I, I'll talk about it at another point. And yeah, I, like I feel like this, that's a story that I have to write for like my autobiography or something because the challenges, Lord, oh my God. If If I learned anything from that situation, it is that you need to learn how to stand your ground and advocate for yourself no matter what. And I didn't really learn that and understand that until maybe about like six to eight months in. But for the first six months, I was miserable. I was depressed. I was defeated. I just, I felt like there was just no end in sight. I just, I did not want to be there. And it's something that like I haven't really talked about before, like publicly, but like I really do feel like my place of work was the source of my anxiety and depression, um, you know, in 2019. It, w- it was hard. It, w- it was really, really hard to get through. Um, but luckily, I've stepped into something else that 
is is challenging, but it, it's a great challenge. It's exactly what I need, what I needed. And, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about what it is. So basically what the partnerships man- marketing manager is responsible for is working with thought leadership around the company and outside of the company to speak on panels and to and for us to um, curate these conversations and experiences for virtual events because originally this role you know had us had we not been in this quarantine era this 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 new um you know lifestyle of being distanced and and quarantined um we would be doing in-person events and we would be traveling for in-person events Um, but now everything has gone virtual everything's digital so we're working to recreate those experiences in those moments but obviously online Um, But a lot of the work that I will be doing is working with thought leadership and talent, booking them for our events, um, coming up with the concepts and the content strategy for events that we are, um, you know, working with other brands on like sponsoring or whatever. So, for example, um, one of the events, I mean... I think I think I can talk about this. It's 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 known, but one of the events I'll be working on is called Ad Week, um, and so um, you know, for anyone who's working in marketing and advertising, knows that's like a huge marquee event in our industry. Um, so I will be working on with my team on building that out, um, and a couple of other like event dope events that are coming up too that are particularly in the marketing and advertising and uh, creative space. But the reason why I say it's a little bit more of a challenge is because much of my digital work that I've been doing for the last two and a half years, I've been working with brands that speak to a younger, millennial, multicultural, Gen Z lens. So I've been able to kind of just really just craft language and target people who sound like me, think like me, may look like me, talk like me, what what have you. But now that I'm in this role, the individuals that I'll be working with, um, you know, especially in terms of like booking um, and, and, you know, creating briefs for them and writing up questions and curating the dialogue. These are people who are in like the C-suite level, like VP executives. Like these are the the change makers and tastemakers at their relative companies. And that audience is generally, I would say, a little bit older, probably skewing 40 plus. Um, And so their language is not our language. And I think it's going to challenge me to really kind of crack the code and figure out what it is that I need to do to make sure that like I'm, you know, speaking their language, understanding what it is their needs are and the industry, the industry trends and all of that. So it's definitely a huge learning curve, but I'm really excited about it because I think walking away from this role, I'll be multifaceted. I'll be able to have um, experience in, in marketing toward a younger audience and an older audience across across genres in the sense of like the kind of industry and the kind of content and what these people may be interested in. So definitely looking forward to that. Also, because we're coming up on September, I feel like we're in a season of change. Well, it's it's been ever-changing all year long, but I feel like nine months into the year, like you really are going to bear the fruits of your labor. Um, so I'm really excited about, you know, just kind of just taking like a, a pause moment and resetting. 
Um, I've been toying with the idea, but I really, I really, really, really do think that I do need to take a social media break. And I know people are always like, oh my God, I'm going to take a break from social. And then they only like end up taking a break for like a day and a half. But like, I really think that like, I need to reset because I, I don't know about y'all, but like social media really messes with, with my mind. It messes with my mind in the sense of like, you know, accomplishments, where I'm at, what I'm doing, how I look, how I feel, what I think, like just everything. And so like, I feel like I'm spending so much time being on social media and comparing my life and living this life of comparison. Um, I can't remember if I talked about it on my last solo episode, but I know that during quarantine, I did um, an Instagram live um, with this like really dope, like um, small social media brand. And one of the topics, so the, actually the topic for the day was um, the life, living a life of comparison. And they were just asking me questions about like, you know, how do I combat that? And, you know, how do I, how do I feel about it? And all of these things. And I remember saying that, saying to them that like, you know, I have been living this life of like living in peaks and valleys. And there are so many moments that like happen that are like peaks in my life, whether it's you know, a new job or I don't know, like somebody that like we're working with for CCNYC or getting featured by publication or, you know, a boyfriend reveal, like all these like peaks, these high moments that happen in my life um, that I showcase on social media. But when I'm in my valleys, ooh, I am in the valley. I am down in the dumps and it's hard to pick myself back up, but of course I'm not gonna let social media see that or know that. And so like, and I feel like everyone, you know, does this and feels like this and, and doesn't, may not even realize it, but social media is just a highlight reel. It's our, it's our peak reel. And I think that it just kind of really skews and misconstrues how, what reality is really like. And so I'm finding myself kind of being sucked into that comparison again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real. Like I was on the live giving advice on like what to do and how taking a social media break is like actually essential for, um, you know, kind of recharging. And I, I did just that. Like I, I had done a social media break for like 72 hours, and I told myself like, all right, Simone, on Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern that's it hang it up and you are not allowed to get back on social media until uh 12 p.m eastern on that following monday so i set a full 72 hours and i did and and at any moment if i did log into social media i must keep track of it on um, my like my phone notes and make a tally of how many times i consciously or unconsciously just like tapped into social media and throughout those 72 hours I clicked on whether it was like Instagram or Twitter six times total, which actually wasn't that bad because once I would get on and I would start scrolling a little bit, I would realize like, Simone, what are you doing? You on break. And so, excuse me, anytime that I had done that, um, I would go ahead and like mark mark the tally in my notes just so I could keep track so I could look at it after my break to see how many times I was drawn to mindlessly scrolling. Um, but I mean, you can make it kind of like an exercise like that for you. I know that that worked for me, but I think the challenge is for me now is that I'm going to try to do it for a month and a month is so, so long, but I do remember 
the feeling of being refreshed and just feeling re-energized and recharged that I had when I did the 72 hour break. Like I was so productive. I had finally like started working on some projects and doing some research around things that I've been wanting to do for the longest. I like finally bought products and, and things that I needed to kind of help me with my goals and my passions. I just, I was spending more time with my family. It's just, it was great. And it, so it just sounds great in essence, but it's like, you actually have to do the work. Like it cannot just be a, oh, I'm telling everyone that I'm leaving social media for a, a week or a month or whatever, and then not actually following through with it. So I'm going to challenge myself to doing this full cleanse after Labor Day. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But one of the excuses I always made before was like, well, I, I work in social media, so it's like going to be so hard for me to like log off. But now the job that I do now, I really, I don't have to be on social media. Like the, at the most maybe is like just trying to figure out like where we're like casting the promotion of this, of the events that we're doing. But that's not even my team. All I'm focused on is booking the talent and prepping the talent and coming up with the content strategy for what we're talking about. But there's a, a separately, there's an entirely separate team that handles like the digital and social strategy. So it's like, you really don't have no excuses, but like, okay. And then I was thinking like, well, what about the podcast? But in that break, I do think that I should take a break from the podcast too. And I, if you have been a thorough listener throughout season four, first of all, I just have to say thank you so much for rocking with me and sticking with me and listening to the, all the way up until this episode. But um, it I, my challenge for this year was in this season was be consistent, Simone. You said you want to commit to weekly episodes. Do just that. And I was I was doing all right in the beginning in the first half. And then life just started happening and I just wasn't feeling moved some moments and some days to, to record. So, you know, there were a couple of times where I was like, you know, on it, I, I released on a Sunday and then the next Sunday came up and I don't know, I was out of town. I was like, you know, well, you know, I'll get back to it next week. I'll, I'll just put a little memo out and say that the Bonds and Durags podcast returns next week. And I did it again. And then um, this last episode I just did, episode 409 with um, Kennedy and Prince, you know, I had that was released, I want to say three weeks ago. So I had gone two weeks without releasing an episode. So I started to fall and fail on my consistency and my commitment to consistency. So I do apologize for that. And I realized that like, I failed myself and I don't want to, you know, frustrate my listeners either because it's like if I'm, you know, putting out there that I'm going to do this at a certain time at a certain date, the expectation is for that to happen. So I take full accountability for not standing my ground and sticking to my word. Um, but I am making it making it known and vocal now that I think that I should take this moment just to kind of reset for September. So I won't be doing any episodes in September. I'll be recording them. I'll be pre-recording them and I'll get back to um, posting in um, October. So yeah, that's that. But like, again, speaking of like, you know, changes and like September and like, like having like that like kind of like rebirth moment, um, there was something that I tweeted at the beginning of the month where I was like, literally everyone on my timeline is like 
either pregnant or they like have done like a significant other reveal or they're engaged and like I was just saying how like my heart is so full for them and like here I am just like pregnant with purpose and like honestly like you know I'm obviously like being a fool but like it's for real like I am not pregnant with child I do not have a significant other and I'm not being proposed to but it's like aside from having all those amazing milestones in people's lives I'm still feeling full of, of something that I'm, I'm looking looking forward to building out and growing and I need to remind myself that like girl it's like it's okay for you to be pregnant with purpose like that like that's fine um but again that tweet also comes from like just the social media overload of like literally every time I sign on my social media account somebody got a ring on their finger somebody's showing their their belly or like they're on vacation or you know they just they took a picture with their man and all you see is the hand like like literally I'm just like yo Jesus I've seen what you've done for others I too would like those things done onto me. But it's just like, you cannot rush God's timing. You can't, like, you just got to stay, stay the course and stay focused and be pregnant with your purposes. Okay, so I I totally, I, I get it. I realize that, like, I need to stop, again, trying to compare my life and my milestones and where I'm at in life to people on social media. Um, so yeah, it, it's tough. But one thing I will say, though, is I can appreciate a significant other reveal where you don't show no face, nothing that's that's descriptive of who they are or, or shows like, I don't know, like any like kind of tattoos or beauty marks or whatever. I always kid and tell my friends like, yo, my next man is going to be Wizard Kelly. Like, y'all gonna see a finger, y'all gonna see a calf, but that is it. So, like, I'm not tagging him. I'm not showing his face. Like, <laughs> that's it. Because I think what ends up happening is when you post your significant other on social media and you have a presence and they have a presence, then all of a sudden you become this quote-unquote social media couple. And if people don't see you posting each other or talking about each other or talking to each other in a, sort, a certain am- amount of time, people are skeptical. They're wondering what happened to them. You know, like it's just, I just, at the end of the day, I don't want anybody in my business. I don't need anybody in my business. And like, that's it. And like, I was saying to my friends recently, like, I literally, like, next time y'all see me with, like, any of those kind of, like, life milestones, I'm popping up on the timeline with a baby in my hand and a ring on my finger. Like, I'm not even going to do the lead up. Like, there's not going to be any, like, pregnancy, like, post. No. Oh, guess what, everyone? I just got married. Nope. I literally am just pulling up, just pregnant, or no, not pregnant, with child, and a ring standing in front of my new five bedroom, four bath home with a tennis court in the backyard in the pool on the side. You know, like that's just, that's what I aspire to. <laughs> so, so yeah, I just, I just feel like some things are sacred and I'm at the point now where it's like, that's a sacred moment that I want that I just don't feel like I need to be sharing with social media. So let me go ahead and manifest that for myself. <laughs> but yeah. 
So I didn't really write out an agenda for today's episode. Um, I did a call for questions on uh, social media, on Instagram and Twitter, and I got quite a few. Um, So I mean, I don't mind going right through and just getting right to those questions um, and answering them. So I'll start with some of the questions that I got on Instagram. So hold on, let me pull that up. And thank you for submitting your questions because I think that they actually were um, really thorough and uh, thought provoking for me. And I actually I only read them and I didn't think through answers because I wanted it to be raw. I wanted it to be authentic. I didn't want to come up with like some sort of calculated answer. So if you hear pause moments or any times where I'm like, hmm, oh, wow, that's a good question. Please know that like I am answering these and like thinking through them in real time. So bear with me. But the first question that I got on Instagram is, what is something that the the pandemic has changed your viewpoint on? Um, I would say the, I would say time because what ended up happening, what my life was like pre-pandemic, like BC before COVID is I was working nonstop. Like I kid you not, I probably was working 18 hour days where like I was working my full time job then I'd come home and work maybe like four to five hours um, doing work for like CultureCon. And I just really felt like I didn't have a work life balance, but it, I just, you know, I sh- like tried to assure myself, well, like Simone, like you're a hustler and like this is what you asked for. This is what you wanted. And um I just really didn't even consider the fact that like, I just was like doing way too much. Like I just wasn't, I wasn't taking the necessary moments to like actually like pause and breathe. Like if I wasn't at work or I wasn't doing work for CultureCon, I was at like an event, a networking event. I was throwing an event. I was at a happy hour trying to catch up with, you know, an old friend or somebody, you know, who wanted to connect with me about like, opportunities or like advice or if I wasn't doing that I was trying to spend time with my man at the time and it's just like so interesting because people used to be like girl you're so busy how do you even maintain a relationship how you how do you maintain a relationship and work two jobs and I used to just kind of like nervously laugh it off and be like oh my gosh I know right but literally deep down inside I'm like yo how do you do that and I'm gonna be really really transparent here I do think that my busy schedule um, did not help in in making sure that my relationship was secure um, and stable. And I know that like, had I, maybe if I had been more available or, I mean, just not as busy, maybe things could have changed or maybe things would have been different. But I will say when you're in your, your hustle season, when you're in grind mode, There are some things, unfortunately, that you have to sacrifice in order to attain what it is that you're looking for. So here I am, you know, doing all of this work, trying to hustle, trying to get to the next level, trying to build a foundation for myself, trying to, you know, um, you know, get a promotion at work, trying to find a fulfilling role for for my life and my career, saving my money, uh, building my brand with the podcast and hosting events, like doing all of these things but not really realizing it until maybe it was too late. I'm like, wow, Simone, you've put all of this time and energy into building this up, but what about, 
you know, maintaining and sustaining what you have right here. And I was very much of the mind where it's like, I'm out here hustling and grinding. Like, why? Like, you know, let's do, let's do the same thing. Let's have work sessions together. Let's, let's build and, and work on this together. What, are, what, are we, what legacy are we building? And I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying this directly about the individual or anything like that. Um, because he also is a hustler and, and a grinder too. So I can't take that away from him at all. Him at all. But I think that where there was a miscommunication was just the fact that like I was very busy and I still wanted to be courted and I still wanted to feel like I was being, um, I don't even know the word for it. I don't want to say prioritized, but I guess just, I just wanted to go out on dates. I wanted to still feel, I wanted those breakaway moments. That's what I'll call it. I'll, I'll call it breakaway moment. So I wanted those moments that would stop time and, and help remind me that like, Simone, you do have a life. Like you don't have to, to work 18 hour days. Like it's okay if you take a moment to like enjoy yourself, enjoy the city. And I mean, without diving into too many details, I felt like there that was the, the miscommunication. That was the disconnect because um, in his mind, it was very much of like, well, you're like really busy and I just don't know when you're free. So you just let me know when you're free. And I'm of the mind of like, you know, you know that I'm very busy. I'm telling you my schedule, um, you know, like even if there's a day that like, I don't know, like a random Tuesday and you don't know what my schedule is yet, just be like, hey, like, you know, I would love to um, take you out or like, what are you doing at this time? Let's go here. Because even if I, because nine times out of 10, if I had a plan that was not a requirement that would have, that wouldn't have been something where I need to like show up and work an event or I need to stay extra or late at work, I would have rearranged my, my time, my plans to, to make time for, for that. So, you know, like I said, I don't really want to dive too much into my past relationship and things like that, but I just, I tell that story to give context of how I think I could have prioritized time a little bit more and how I could have really allowed myself those pause moments because I definitely wasn't giving that to myself. Um, before COVID. So, excuse me, I'm, I'm especially um, cherishing time that I have, um, time that I have with myself, time that I have with my family, my loved ones, my friends, you know, all, all of that. Um, I've been making more trips home. Um, like I said in my, my last little episode, I spent, well, I was still there, but I spent two months home. So I was home from April to June and for those of you who don't know, a home is in Albany, New York. Um, and that was the, the mini retreat retreat that I never knew that I needed. So I actually just came back from being home this past week. And like, I, I love being there every single time. I love spending time with my family, with my parents and my sister, going to visit my aunt and my grandma. Just, I just, I love being home. I love seeing, um, you know, some of my friends. I love you know, just driving around. Like, that's one thing that, like, I miss so much is having a car. And I know that you can have a car in New York, but I just don't think it's feasible to have a car in New York. But I I miss that so much. I miss the, I miss the freedom of just being able to get up and go whenever I want. So I definitely would say one of the things that I learned about, um, something that has changed my perspective, um, during COVID is just like the essence of time and, and freedom to go as I please. So, yeah. Okay, another question is, 
it looks like both of these next questions um, are very similar, but I'll start with this first one. What are you trying to accomplish in Q4 2020? Um, so Q4 is going to start October 1st. And by then, I mean, I should still be on my social media cleanse. Um, fingers crossed that I stick it through. Um, but where what I'm trying to accomplish really is trying to figure out a, a healthy balance of... Um, I don't, well, how do I say this? It's still a healthy balance of like work life and like side hustle. Um, because what I've noticed about myself, because I've been so inundated with work now that I kind of have been putting off my side hustle and I want to figure out a way to create that healthy balance. Um, so that way I don't, one doesn't jeopardize the other. And I mean, I was talking to my therapist and she was saying like, it's so important. I mean, we all know this too, but she was just reemphasizing. It's so important to have multiple streams of income. Like there are so many things that I want to do with bonnets and do-rags that, you know, I think that like can really just like continue to cast the net out there. Like like, I would love to throw like virtual events or small intimate gatherings or, you know, come up with like really dope like commerce concepts or things like that like I have all these things written down in my notes but it's like to actually have time to activate on them is something that I've been struggling with so that's in Q4 I'm definitely trying to figure out a way to create balance and also really trying to sink my teeth into discipline like that I know that like the the individuals who are the most successful are people who are disciplined through and through like those are the people who are well rested at night, who are assuring that they get eight hours of sleep, who are drinking their water, who are are planning their days, weeks, months, like those, like I know that I have those abilities, but I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I just wanna lay down and I just wanna relax and I just wanna chill. Like they're like I'm trying to forgive myself for those moments, but it's also like I can't I can't stay there for too long. I can't I can't occupy that lazy space for too long. So trying to figure out what discipline looks like across the board and especially when it comes to diet and exercise too. Like I, I will be honest. Um, well actually, no, I I didn't gain a lot of weight. I was going to say that I gained the quarantine 15, but I, I didn't gain a lot of weight. I did gain some weight, but it wasn't like I was slim thick in like February and then now all of a sudden I'm a brick house so it's like it's not like that but I will say that like I have been struggling with my weight for for a while and I actually believe that like you know how like they say when you're in relationships you get really gained relationship weight well I never lost the relationship weight from like two relationships ago like back in college so here I am touting like an extra 50 pounds of like (laughs) two relationships in a quarantine. Okay. So like, I'm trying to figure out what the next step is for me. So I can, I can look like a slim tick ting. Like I just want to, I just want to feel good about myself. I want to feel confident. I want to feel sexy. Um, and I do sometimes, but it's just not as consistent as I would like. And nobody's going to make me feel that way about myself except for myself so I need to figure out how I can um, tap into that so yeah that's what I'm trying to accomplish in Q4 Um, and then the next question was as we go into Q4 and close out the year what are some of your biggest takeaways from 2020 Um, oh my gosh honestly (laughs) 
I just want to put 2020 on ice because it's just so interesting that like we all started out the year like this is our year it's 2020 the vision is clearer than ever like I'm in my bag I'm in his too and it's just like we all were just so confident and as we should be not saying that we shouldn't have been we just were all so confident that like this year was going to be our everyone's claim to fame and every single week it was just notched down every single time like I really feel like things started to tank and there was a turn of events when Kobe passed away when Kobe and and Gigi and the um the other individuals um, passed away from the helicopter crash that just really was like a world stopping moment and after that we were still grieving the loss of such a legend like him and then pop smoke died and it's like oh my gosh like this is somebody who's up and coming and you know I, I'm I live in Brooklyn I'm not from Brooklyn but seeing how literally how close he was to this community and and you know just just his career him being a young hustler like it's just I personally loved pop smoke and I loved his music so that one hit the hit me to the core and it hit my community to the core and then just, you know, everything that has been going on with coronavirus and, you know, us just living in the unknown, not knowing how serious it was, some people taking it seriously, some other people not taking it seriously. It just was like, it just, if it was like, it was like, it's, if it was, if it wasn't one thing, it was another. It was just, it was just so much to deal with. And I just feel like there are just so many things that kind of have like, really put us down as a as a society as a culture as as black people and like you know unarmed shootings and and killings of our brothers and sisters unfortunately is not new it is this is something that we have been dealing with for decades and let alone centuries on end and it's just that it, it just seems so groundbreaking now because it's on film and it's on film at every single waking moment of like any time, any type of screen that you have. It's on the news. It's on social media and more people now than ever are like hooked to their phones. They're not through, they're not going through their, their day to day without, with being unplugged from, from, um, just, I just, I guess I can just say social media. I just feel like there's just, there's a, a heightened um, awareness around all of these things. And also too, with the, with the riots, I feel like there were people who obviously were passionate about the fact that like, you know, that we're, as black people, we're still being treated unfairly. We're still being killed in cold blood. But I feel like there are also other people too, who just were rioting and were looting and, um, protesting because they just have were just fed up. They were just fed up with not only the injustices but just how America is and how gen treatment the treatment of of all people. It's just it's just been a lot. It's been it's really been disheartening to watch and I just kind of feel like again like a like a big takeaway from this is like really just like cherishing time that you have with other people um you know telling people you love them stop making that weird like you can tell your friend that you love them and it doesn't have to mean anything crazy like 
normal like normalize that i'm not even trying to use the word normalize as like some like like twitter jargon but literally normalize telling your friends that you freaking love them because you just never you just never know and like and spend more time with your family that's what i've been trying to do i feel like now more than ever as a 27 year old woman i'm like so much closer to my family than i was 10 years ago i just i really am just all for like just cherishing these like moments and and also just in living your best life too like what i will say too is i for one didn't have a hot girl summer i i don't know what i thought this summer was gonna be like but it wasn't a hot girl one but i thoroughly enjoyed the time that i had been spending um with individuals getting to know new people spending time with old old friends traveling I like you know of course with within safety and within precaution but it's like you cannot like time waits on no one and you cannot live your life in fear and um you know if you live your life in fear you won't ever really you'll always be stuck and you'll always be looking back on it like wow I wish I would have done that or oh I should have done that you know I just want to make sure that stepping into my next chapters of life I do not look back on this one being regretful of anything that I did or did not do. So I would say that that has like my, been my biggest takeaway from 2020. Just cherish. Like I, I might even call this episode cherish because that it's just, it means so many different things and it's just so impactful. And yeah. Okay. And I mean, there were other couple of comments on Instagram too that were not questions, but um, <laughs> I just was like, okay, well, ask me a question. One was um, from my my friend Craig, uh, DJ TGIF. He was like, fuck that solo shit. I'm coming. <laughs> like, okay, cool. But then I ended up um, doing an episode with him um, on Thursday. So I'm going to listen back to it because we were not properly set up with like headphones or anything like that. We just put the mic right in the middle of us on like a, a table and um, just started talking as if like, you know, it was just me and him just in the room, just chatting, like not even for the podcast. So it was a good episode, but I definitely got to listen back to it to make sure I ain't saying nothing crazy and it sounds okay. <laughs> and then another one um, was... Oh, when am I going to be on an episode, sis? Hashtag childhood friend edition. Absolutely, sis. We got to get you on an episode. I know that you listen to the show. Um, so thank you for being a listener. But no, we definitely got to get you on an episode. And if you're down, if you're listening right now and you're down for it, pull up to the crib. We will record um, in my house with this mic. So, yeah. Um, and another one came from... <laughs> Another one said, oh, you should have blocked me for this, LMAO. Like, well, ask your question, sir, but okay. Anyways, so let's move on to um, the questions that I got from Twitter. Um, And these were like super interesting and I'm like really excited to dive into them. So this question asks, do you want to continue living in the U.S. permanently with these times that we're in? And if you would move, where would you move? Now, I can tell you right now. I love, love, love traveling, but, and maybe it's because I'm not as, as well-traveled as I would like to be. I will say that, like, there's no place, like, home for me. Like, I can't imagine not living in, in the United States. Like, 
as much as this country is trash and I really feel like it's a glorified third world country all of my family is here and actually like 95% of my family is in New York and they're in upstate New York so I really don't want to move too too far away like I think the farthest I would move is like Texas um but like I love my family and I love being around my family and I don't I don't want to I don't I don't desire to live in another country but what I will say though is like if I you know happen to get into a relationship and there's someone who has a dual citizenship or whatever like in Mexico or Jamaica or Canada or France or whatever wherever their origin country is best believe I'm gonna be like hey big head like whatever the process is like put me on your visa can i get a spousal visa (laughs) like whatever so that way i have the option to be out if the country goes to shit um but other than that if it's not that i'm i'm staying in the u.s and yeah i'm i'm not leaving i'm not fucking leaving i'm not fucking leaving (laughs) so yeah um another question is what keeps you motivated and hungry career-wise? Um, that's a great question, too. Oh, let me let me think about that. What keeps me motivated and, and hungry career-wise? I would say that it's, it's the distance between where I'm at and where I know that I can be. Because um, one of my friends, um, like I said earlier, Craig, has been saying this to me for years. He has been like you literally are Ryan Pierce. And for those of you who don't know, Ryan Pierce is the fictional character in Girls Trip. She was the, I want to say she was a marketing exec, um, but whatever she was, she was like, like top notch, like top of her company, running things type of black woman, had like the seemingly perfect life of, you know, an awesome career and an even better husband. Um, and obviously things, if you've seen the movie, you know, weren't as, as great as they seemed, but he's not erring on the side of like, you know, this seemingly successful, like he's talking about the actual success that, that, um, Ryan Pierce had built for her, her brand and her legacy and the work that she had done. And so he was always said to me, like, you're Ryan Pierce, you're Ryan Pierce. And I'd be always be in denial, like, oh my God, no, I'm not like, stop saying that I'm not. And it wasn't until recently that I really like kind of had an epiphany moment. Like, yo, like you literally are out here building your legacy, building your brand. And it's like, it's happening for you and and in real time. So it was kind of like a weird out of body experience that I had where like, I just felt like there is no way that my life is not anointed in and that I am not highly favored by by God because every time and knock on wood somewhere but almost every time I will say not every single time but almost every time I pray about something I work towards something I manifest something it comes into fruition and I, I really just think that it's just a testament to my faith uh, to my faith in God to my faith in myself to my own diligence and my own hard work um, toward getting toward the next level because I am a very like by any means necessary type of person like that when I started my brand via Simone that was the tagline by any means necessary because via obviously means by way of or through or to go to go through and so the way that I kind of pictured my brand was 
via Simone. Like you come to me to help you get to the next level. I am a dot connector. I am, I am a person with a growth mindset and I want to help, um, you know, you unlock your own growth mindset. So that's where that brand comes from. And I just was thinking like, yo, like you have been able to really live up to your brand and in doing so by doing whatever you needed to do in that moment by any means necessary to get you to the level that you needed to be. So yeah, all of that to say, the question again was what motivates you and in, in, in keeps you hungry career-wise. And it, like I said, it is the, the distance between where I am and where I am now and where I'm going to be. Um, when you think about it like that, you come up with a solid plan. It makes finding the steps in between so much easier. What I will say though, um, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, I had a conversation with my boss. It was like during one of our like one-on-one sync meetings. And she had asked me if I've ever created like an individual goal tracker. And I have, I've never. So she shared hers with me. And basically on her individual goal tracker, there was a line that says ultimately what she wants to do. And so she was telling we she well on her on your document it says something about like she wants to be a marketing exec in like the entertainment industry. And underneath it are all of the goals that it will that'll help her get to that. And under that, under each goal, she can write down steps that'll help her achieve that goal. Excuse me. So from there, I was like super inspired to create my own. And I haven't done it just yet because we said we we're going to talk about it in our next one-on-one sync. Um, but she asked me like, where do you, like, what are your career goals? What do you want to do next? And I had said to her, I was like, I'm going to be honest. And I don't mean to sound cliche. I am where I said my career goal was. Like I've always said that I wanted to work in events and partnerships. And here I am doing a role exactly that. So I have never seen past what this looks like. So now I need to go back to the drawing board and figure out what it is I want to do. And I'm telling, and I haven't said this to very many people. So I'm telling y'all in real time, like, I don't know what the next step is. Like, I, I literally don't know. Like, you could ask me today, like, you could ask me that today. And I literally would be like, that's a great question. Let me get back to you on that because I, I'm literally living in real time what I thought my dream was or what I think my dream is. Um, so yeah, so maybe in, by episode 420, I'll have that written out and I'll have that all settled and I'll be able to come back and tell you, yes, I want to, I don't know, open my own brand agency or yes, I want to be the CMO of X company, you know, like I just feel like they're, they're, you know, obviously building a, um, a, a lifelong dream and, and career goal is going to help get you to the next level. So if you are feeling stuck, just kind of take a moment to to rethink that and rethink about what it is you want to do. Or maybe it's a pivot. Maybe it's not that you want to work in a, a, a career, like a professional career, but you want to have a lifelong pursuit of like being a creative or a lifelong pursuit of being a learner, a lifelong learner. So whatever that is for you, I would encourage you to just take a moment to step back and just really just think about what your next step is. Because I certainly will be doing it alongside you. 
Okay, next question is, how can a person who has no marketing experience break into the industry? What kind of skill sets can they leverage to get the position? So this is a great question. Um, and especially, I feel like if anybody could speak on this, it's me because I went to school for PR and advertising. I have no educational background in marketing. Sure, I have um, professional experience with it. Of course, I have personal experience and experience with it. I was doing marketing before I even knew what marketing really was. I just have like this knack for creating content and knowing how to get the content to the right consumer, the right audience, the right whoever. Anybody who's going to listen, who's interested, I'm making content for you. Um, so I think it's one, it's important to have that mindset because you can market anything. Anything is marketable. Um, so I will say for someone who is not, I don't even know if this is the right term, but I'm just going to use it, uh, classically trained in marketing, what you have to do is to try to figure out how you can take the experience that you have in your role already and what you already do outside of, of work now and how you can marry the two. So what I did was I, so when I graduated school, I started working as a PR assistant and then I was promoted to a communications manager. In that role, I was really responsible for writing press releases, going out to the media um, with uh, pitches, um, trying to um, you know reach out to journalists to get them to cover um, some new programs that we had at the school, some of our thought leaders at the at the school, um, doing story highlight features of our graduates with um, remarkable stories, um, those kinds of things. But one at one point, my manager had asked me, like, you know, like, what do, what do you want to do? What are you interested in? And I told him social media. And so what he did was he connected me with the social media manager at the company. And when she and she was doing it all by herself. And so me coming to her kind of being like her, quote unquote, understudy really like kind of helped build out my own social media, professional social media experience, as well as helped her. So I would say if you're at a company where you have the ability to be connected to a digital or social team and you're not currently working under them now, I would send them a cold email or a Slack them and be like, hey, you know, I, I see what you're doing with XYZ campaign, love what you're doing. I, do you mind if we like chat for 15, 20, 30 minutes about like your strategy and you know, how, how I can help. I come from this background. I'm doing this, but I would love to transition into something like that in the future. Can we talk? Um, and I'll be honest with you right now, people ain't got nothing but time. And so if they deny that, it's like, okay, now you're just being stingy because there, there's so much information to share with everyone, especially in the workplace. Cause I mean, granted we all might be, um, and so many meetings, but it's nothing to take 15 minutes out of your day just to kind of chat through like what it is that you want to be doing and where you want to be. Um, so and having someone help you that, so help you with that. So I would say start there. But what I also did too was I, so I had that professional, um, experience, I started to gain that professional experience with social media and essentially social media is a part of marketing. So that, that's, um, that's tangible. Um, and then when I was, what I was doing was taking this, the actual social media skills I was learning in my job and the, um, the ideation and the strategy that I was kind of facilitating on my own, um, outside of work 
And then I started to become a social media consultant. So I had worked with this individual who had their own business. And so what I was doing was helping them with brand messaging, kind of like refining their social media strategy um, and just kind of just coming up with like, um, like kind of like concepts of what it is they should be posting about, how often they should be posting, like just giving them like direction. So while I may not have been the social me- the direct social media manager of their page, I was still consulting them on what a strategy could look like. So that way they can amplify their page and increase their audience and their following, which then converts into increasing their consumer and their, um, their client list. Um, so I did that right up until I moved to New York City, but that was still enough experience for me to put on my resume. And so what I ended up saying on my resume is that I was a social media um, consultant and I listed out what I was responsible for, how long I did it. And I, I had it as ongoing because it's not like a, a termed position. You don't start and just stop. Excuse me. Um, you don't just start and stop. So um, I put that on my resume and when I put that on my resume, it was a talking point for hiring managers. They were like, oh, you do social media, this and that. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, like for sure. And this is what I did. And if you want to see a portfolio of my work, yeah, I can share with you. I can share that with you. Um, so like I said, it's really just about like kind of taking what it is you're already experienced in. Like at the end of the day, we're all social media managers. Um, if you really want to look at it from like a... Um, a basic lens. We're all social media managers because we've all curated our content. We all have managed our content. We're essentially consulting with ourselves on how to build out strategy that appeals to our um, niche audiences, which are our followers. Um, And many of us who, um, you know, well, many of you who are listening to this podcast or so I would think um, belong to a like diverse multicultural um, millennial slash Gen Z lens. And so we are the, the prime audience that brands and companies want to reach out to. So you already have a, you already have an advantage, um, over some of these, I would say white social media managers, because you have a, a direct lens into what black Twitter and black social media looks like and like black TikTok and all that, what that kind of content looks like across the board. Also, to side note, this isn't a question, but I wanted to talk about the fact that like I went viral, y'all. <laughs> I went viral from my TikTok video. Like, oh my goodness. Long story short, um, for people who have not seen me post about this 17 times on my Instagram story, I made a TikTok video um to the song uh Gimme That by Chris Brown. And it was like a short little video. It was like 13 seconds. And it was like all of the things um, that I want back after my failed relationships. And (laughs) it's like three segments. So the first one is my time. The second one is uh, my peace. And the third one is all of the money that I spent on you during our relationship. And like so many people found that to be like relevant and relative to their lives, like not only men, but like, like not only women, but men too. Like, hold on, I'm about to just rewatch it really quick. Just make sure I have it right. My time, my peace. Yes. And the money I spent on you. Yeah. So (laughs) I made that, posted it. 
it wasn't a sub toward anyone directly. It is all encompassing of all the exes that I've ever had in my life. Way back to my very first boyfriend in sixth grade who I bought gushers for at lunch every day because I was trying to treat my man. Yes, I would like my 50 cents back, please. Thank you. Like, And it's collective because it was over... A six month period so I should get an in I should be sending out an invoice to him as well but obviously it's like it's just like it's so silly but like it's such relevant in relative content that like like I said everyone can relate to it and so much so that it like amassed a million organic views on Instagram under like their new little like Instagram reels section or whatever them trying to be fake TikTok but whatever it worked out in my favor because it got a million views. And because of the amount of reach that that video um, hit, I was able to break 10,000 followers. And for anyone who knows me and has been following me for years, knows that like I have been wanting to break 10,000 followers for the longest. And it has nothing to do with like me trying to, you know, be quote unquote an influencer or trying to seek clout but everything to do with the fact that I just wanted that damn swipe up button because it's so much easier as a marketer to market content and get people to directly swipe or get people to directly interact with the content so they don't have to do all these extra steps to get to where they want. Like it just makes promoting this podcast so much easier. So like now when you're, when I release a new episode, all I have to do is post the graphic and click, say click here or swipe up for the direct link and I can bring you right to Apple Podcasts or right to Spotify or right to SoundCloud or wherever instead of making you go through hoops of going going from my story to my page and then going from my page to clicking on the link and sometimes Instagram links be acting up and it'd be like this this link is broken and it's like no it's not and you have to go and go ahead and like edit it again but it's like you don't even know how many people how much traffic you missed out on because it was um quote unquote broken so it's just like let's just make the experience super user friendly and so with having 10k followers now I can do that and so it's a very, it's a proud moment of mine it is something that like I manifested and I actually wrote down on my like my post-it board and so um just kind of give you to give you a quick visual so my post-it board is segmented by like seven different categories and so what and by all like seven different like post-it colors and so what I do is I write down a goal that I have for however whether it's an evergreen goal or like a um a, a goal with a timeline I write it down and I put it on my board and as soon as I accomplish it I take it off and so that just really helps kind of like, it's like a brain dump. It puts all of the things that you aspire and what you want um, out of life in, onto one board. And it just makes it real when you accomplish your goal. So I definitely would recommend if you are a visual person to make one of these whiteboards. Um, I think I posted it on my Instagram story and I saved it in a highlight. So I'm not, I might be under my creative AF highlight, but if you're listening and you want to see a picture of it, just DM me and I'll like take a picture and send it to you directly. But yeah, that is my story about how I went viral and how I finally um, have 10,000 followers now and I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> so another question that I um, got was, any key advice to women living on their own for the first time? So yes, oh my goodness. I, well one, if you are, 
If you haven't acquired the apartment yet, if you haven't signed the lease for the apartment yet, don't fret because especially if you live in a big city, it apartment hunting is so hard. It's so draining. It's so, so draining. Um, I remember when I was looking, me and my mom were looking day in and day out, day out. Like my mom had, at the time we were both like in the office. So my mom had like two monitors up like looking through different like listing sites like craigslist which is actually where i found this apartment um also um like street easy zillow all of that so i would say that like if you're in the searching process and you have non-negotiables do not waver on the non-negotiables and if you do waver on them make sure that there's an amenity that makes up for it um so like i will say my one non-negotiable was I need to have a washer and dryer in unit. Like what I was doing in my last apartment when I had my two other roommates was it was a, a, a four floor walk up. We were on the third floor and I was taking my laundry with me um, down the stairs in like this big old bag. That's probably the size, like literally my size and five two and trucking it down the street five, a five minute walk that felt like a 50 minute walk with my laundry. It just was honestly, it was a mess and I just did not, I did not want that. I like, I just was like, this is, this is stupid. I I want the luxury and the convenience of a washer and dryer. So yeah. So anyways, I, as I was looking at my search, anything that was like a washer and dryer unit was out of my price range. But then I came across this unit and it didn't have a washer and dryer in unit, but there was a washer and dryer downstairs that was communal. Um, that everyone in the building had access to. So it's in that in there was an elevator, so it wasn't a walk up. It was there was an elevator, so that made it better too. So I would say have have a list of non-negotiables, but um, be willing to compromise on the things that are like very very important to you, and just try to find like a happy medium. Um, so if you are, so if you have, say you've locked in the apartment, you've signed the lease, you're living there, and you're like, okay, now what? So in terms of like what I would say organization, I am, I am huge on like storage cabinets. I love, love, love like a storage unit type of situation or like little bins to put like random stuff in. Um, some of the places I've got in mine are like Burlington Coat Factory, um, Walmart, Marshalls, Home Goods, TJ Maxx. So I've gotten like storage units like that, um, from those type of stores. Also too, what's happened, what's helped with me and like kind of coordinating like my closet and organizing my closet is, and my drawers is I color coordinate everything. Um, so I just, it's just, it's a bit like, again, I'm a visual person. I like to know that like, okay, today's theme is yellow or whatever. Here are all of the yellow things that I own, um, in my closet and my drawer that helps a ton. Also, too, this is a hack that I learned um, for people who have just too many freaking clothes like me is when you have a closet full of clothes, turn your um, hangers the opposite way. So, you know, how like when you're putting a, a hanger in the closet, it's like the hook is like facing towards you change it. So that way the hook is a, get like at the back of the closet. And so then the, the hack is. If you go through 12 months of not wearing the clothes that are that have a, um, a hanger hook that's facing you um, or that's like at the back of the closet, that means that you haven't worn it, obviously, and it's time for you to donate it 
or um, sell it. And so that's a hack that I, I've been trying to implement since this this um, this winter. Um, obviously, it's going to be a little harder to kind of gauge because we haven't, you know, we've been in quarantine. So a lot of the clothes that I have in there are like dressier clothes, like going out clothes or like work clothes or whatever. Um, so it's going to be hard to gauge, but there's still some things that I pull out of the closet that I wear. But once you do wear something and it's ready to be hung back up, you can put it back the right way. So you can kind of just get a sense of like what it is you're actually wearing and what you're not. So that's like an organizational hack in terms of like just kind of like an emotional and mental state. Um, I'm going to be completely transparent with you. When I first moved into this apartment, I was in a relationship. So I, um, you know, any moments where I felt lonely or I was like, oh, I want some company. I was inviting him over all the time. So it wasn't until the breakup and it wasn't until um, quarantine that I realized like, wow, I really don't know how to live like actually by myself because I've always been occupied by this person's time when I was here. So when I get back to my apartment, I'm literally going to have to sit with my shit and it just be by myself and figure it out. And that was probably the most like nauseating and, and nerve wracking thing ever. Because again, like I alluded to in episode, um, 401, I had a strong, um, sense of codependency, um, with my partner at the time. And so I had to unlearn my codependency and try to figure out how it is that I can, um, sustain my own like mental health and mental well-being by myself. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that it, it's been super easy. Um, I'm still learning a lot of things about myself. One thing I am, I have learned is that I love, I just love being like a big kid. So me, me, I've been making TikToks all quarantine and I humor myself. I don't care if anyone, anyone else doesn't think I'm funny. I think I'm hilarious and I just enjoy like making like jokes on TikTok or doing like jokey videos on TikTok or um doing like dance challenges like i just enjoy those things or like even sometimes like when i'm getting ready and like i'm, I'm done getting dressed and I, I feel really pretty like i'll make a video like it's just a dancing video and i'll upload it like it's just like i literally am just having a good time and enjoying myself in my own space like i am dancing all up on the couch couch jumping on the couch because i paid for it and i paid the bills up in here like i am just am thoroughly enjoying my time just being youthful and being fun um also too i um binge watch a lot of tv one of the shows that i'm watching right now um uh, that i'm getting through all of the trying to get through all the seasons is the game um, I never realized that like, I guess I stopped watching it in like 2010, 2011, maybe around like season four, cause I'm in season five now and I'm like, I don't remember any of this stuff, but I'm really enjoying watching old television shows that were like huge in my childhood, um, or like in my teenagehood. But now is it like kind of now watching them and reevaluating them as an adult? Because now I'm realizing like, this couple is toxic as hell. And like Darwin and Melanie actually <laughs> were not meant for each other at all. And I don't know why the writers kept trying to drag on that relationship. But granted, I think there are nine seasons. I'm, I just started season five. I don't know what happens to them after this. But right now I'm just like, y'all need to hang in a flat screen. Like honestly, because this y'all are forcing it. But anyways, like I, like I said, I enjoy binge watching TV. I enjoy 
dancing in my home, blasting music, making TikToks. Also, I mean, I've always loved candles, but I love, 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 love um, buying new candles and putting on a new candle and just kind of just like kicking back and relaxing, um, making cocktails. I've been experimenting with that because I have a fully stocked bar, basically. Shout out to my friends for bringing all these bottles for like parties and stuff pre-COVID. Um, yeah, I just, I'm just really just learning to learn so many things about myself. Also to whatever your spiritual belief is, tap into that. There are so many moments like where I've been in the house where I've been watching church on um, Transformation Church. Um, shout out to TC Nation. And just like, just sobbing like at, at the word and and the sermon and, and what what has been going on and just kind of really just having those like raw intimate moments with myself and the word of God and just being led spirit spiritually by the sermons that I'm watching or the devotionals that I'm reading um, as well. So you just have to really just find what it is that, you know, makes you you or that you want to make you you so you can just kind of feel like centered and whole because you don't have any other outside influences when you're living by yourself unless that you decide that you want to have company over great but that is at your discretion like when you when you are living by yourself you don't have to worry about the influence of people um coming in and bringing negative energy into your space or having to worry about like getting permission from your roommates to do a certain thing or to um I don't know bring in a certain item or whatever you know like this is your world and you're living in it and it's like such a coveted space like protect you and your peace and use your house your your apartment your house or your whatever wherever you're staying and wherever you're living as like your your safe haven so that's what I would say. If you have any other questions um, for the individual who asked me that question, if you have any other questions about, um, you know, living on your own that maybe I didn't directly answer, but you want to ask, feel free to like hit me up in the DM. Um, okay. To, uh, one more question, actually. Um, so the last question is, what is something that you've learned that you want to unlearn? This one is good. And when I read it, I was like, oh, Lord, let me let me come up with a solid answer. And here I am today with still with no solid answer. But I'm going to get to it. Like, I'm going to figure it out. Hmm, this is so good. Something that I've learned that I want to unlearn. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm stumped. This, I literally am stumped. I'm thinking about all the lessons that I've learned from like family members or friends or like, like things that like my parents instilled in me. You know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say what I would like to unlearn is this, this lens of body shaming in the black community. So I am not a body shamer. Um, 
And what I what I will say, and I'm realizing this actually over the last couple of days, this is a form of body shaming, and I'm going to stop. Me ragging on short men like that that ain't they fault. That is genetics. And so for me to sit here and make fun of short men, or well, obviously not make fun of, but like poke fun at short men, it's like it, I'm, I can only imagine how hurtful it can be. So I am going to stop doing that. Um, so, but what I will, so I will say that's like the only sense of like body shaming that I probably subscribe to and I'm going to unsubscribe to because it's not, it's not cool. Um, but it's funny, but it's not cool. So, <laughs> so I think that like what I want to pass on to my kids and who, and that what I hope my kids will pass on to their kids is black people gotta stop ridiculing other black people for weight gain, for weight loss, for being too skinny, for being too fat. That like that is not okay. I remember there was I think it was maybe two or three Christmases ago. It was it was the it was the time from Thanksgiving to Christmas actually. Nope, I take that back. It was from Thanksgiving no, from Christmas to Easter. So normally every year my family gets together um, to celebrate those holidays. I remember I came home for Christmas and my aunt pulled me to the side and she was like, whatever you're doing, you need to stop because you've been, you've gained way too much weight. Like it does not look good on you. Like you need to exercise, diet or do something. And I just kind of looked at her like, excuse me, how dare you? And mind you, she ain't a slim thick ting for one. Okay. So like, she don't look like how she's trying to get me to to look. So I just remember being offended and bothered by that. Um, and then I don't know it, like, I don't, I don't remember like doing any excessive dieting or exercising to try to appease to the image that she thinks that I should be, um, upholding. But I remember when I came back home for Easter, she pulled me back to, uh, to the side again. She was like, see, there you go. Good job. And I just remember just being like, how dare you? Like, it's my body. I put in my body what I want to put in my body. And it is not on you to monitor how I eat, how I feel about myself, how I look. And I just feel like black people just have like, that's like a greeting for them. Like you see a black person, they look at you. Hey, how you doing? Look you up up and down and say, oh, you you look like you losing a little bit of weight. Oh, you look good, girl. Like even my dad, like, and, I, and I've said this to him before and I'll say it out. I'll say it here too. Even my dad has like made comments about my, my weight and has been like, oh, all right, Simone, like we need to get you married now. Like lay off on the snacks or something like that. And again, everyone in my family, like nobody's a slim thick thing. Okay. So everybody has weight on them. And if I were to go as far as to say, I would say that most of my family is big bonded. So it's like you, you knew the gene that you passed on to me. So if I am big bonded, what are you, why are you mad at me? You know? And, but I also can't even, I can even imagine that like, if I was skinny, I still would be skinny shamed. Like skinny shaming is a thing too. And I want people to recognize that. And I, I didn't learn that until I was in college and I had a friend who was talking about how people were constantly coming for her and saying, oh girl, you need to eat. Oh my gosh, you can eat anything and not gain any weight. You're so skinny. Oh my God. She was saying like, you know, like you ridiculing me for me not having any weight on my body doesn't make me feel good either. So I really just feel like we just have to relinquish this, this, 
this thought that like we that black people we need to constantly make comments about people's weight like it's it's not okay it doesn't make me feel good um i'm pretty sure it doesn't make anyone else feel good and you don't know what people are going through like you don't know if they if, if there's a health issue that they're they're dealing with that is causing them to to gain a ton of weight or causing them to lose weight and it's that that thought right there just makes me think about Chadwick Boseman and how for the longest people on social media were making fun of him because he looks so skinny and then people like in the media and like in and journalists and whoever media personalities were trying to say like oh well you know he must be losing weight for an upcoming role no this man had cancer and he was going through chemotherapy and people are just so fucking insensitive and i'm pretty sure unless he was like completely removed from social media i'm pretty sure he's seen the comments that people were making about him in his in his his body image but little did they know this man was fighting a battle of colon cancer like it's just like this is what i what i mean like with people and some especially sometimes black people can be so insensitive to body image in our community so that is something that i like i said i want to unlearn it's not that i learned it and adopted it it's that i it's a learning that is like so embedded in my life and my upbringing across the board from like both sides of the family that I want to make sure that I that I stop that right here and right now. Like I am not going to impart that on my on my children and I hope that they continue the legacy and don't impart it on their children because it is just simply like I said not okay. But I will also say too that doesn't take away from the fact that like if you do want to you know, lose weight or gain weight to feel good about yourself, do so, but please do not do it under the guise of trying to make someone else happy, trying to make your family happy, trying to appease your parents so you can get quote unquote married off. So that way you can impress a man. Like I am so for, um, surgery. I've said before that I want a BBL, that I would like implants. At one point, I was like, oh no, why would I do that to my body? I'm not trying to appease a man. But when I realized that like, this is actually a moment for me to feel good about myself, I no longer made judgments about people who got surgery. If you want to get surgery because you want to do it for yourself and you want to feel good about yourself or, you know, it's post postpartum and you want to get a little tummy tuck for your, because you just um, pushed out three or four kids because sis, I will be doing that with you. Like, like absolutely go for it. But as soon as it becomes a thing where it's like you are doing this to appease a man or woman or social media or people who don't give a rat's ass about you, you've done it all for the wrong reason. So if you want to enhance your body or you want to lose weight gain weight do whatever do it for yourself nobody else because the great drake had once said don't do it for no man man never noticed and after he said that i was like he gets it i'm an aubrey angel like period so yeah but (laughs) this episode is coming up on almost an hour and a half i didn't anticipate for it to be so long but I think that, you know, I was able to get through all of the questions and hopefully give you thorough answers to those questions. They were really, really amazing, thoughtful questions. So thank you for for submitting them and asking them to me. Um, I'm trying to think about like what else has been going on in my life that I can give you an update on. Um, 
yeah i mean i got a new job i just celebrated one year in this apartment um i'm you know i've said that i'm not gonna talk about it and i don't think i'm gonna talk about it but i think i'm gonna reserve an episode for it um my dating life i i am dating um and i have used dating apps and all i'm gonna say about that is don't knock dating apps until you try them and because i used to knock them and i used to be like oh my gosh why would you do that like you can just meet someone out and but there's like this weird stigma that people feel like people who are on dating apps can't meet people like in real life and it's not true we live in this we're living in unprecedented weird fucking times so it's like please tell me how you're gonna meet a person in person um unless it's like some a friend that you know you've had for a while and then all of a sudden you hang out again and then you kind of like have like a glimmer of like oh this this person whatever um but yeah I, like i said i'm not gonna get too much into it i think i'll dedicate an episode um in the future about my dating life but right now i'm not going to but um like i said enjoy enjoy the time enjoy meeting new people even if it doesn't go anywhere like you just have to learn to enjoy the experiences that you have with people um and hopefully they're good experiences but even the in the experiences where you have like really shitty ones you learn from those too because i again i'm going to talk about this in another episode but i've had some really really shitty dating experiences um and they're laughable now but when i was living in them i was like is it me jesus like what is wrong with me like what is going on <laughs> So, yeah, so like I said, get on dating apps if you if you have the courage to do so. Get to know new people, be open-minded, you know, um and also to learn how to talk to multiple people at the same time too. Do not be don't put all your eggs in one basket. That is something that um I hear often from people is like don't put your eggs in one basket. Um enjoy the moments, enjoy enjoy getting to know multiple people because life is too short. So get out there. I hope that you um, find someone who is entertaining, is, is caring, um, is considerate, is thoughtful, um, all of those things. And you can find them just in time for cuffing season because I can feel a little bit of brisk in the air. Okay. Like it's, it's still summertime, but you know how you get like that, that gut punch of like cold wind I feel it. September is like, hello, how are you? And then October is going to be like, what's good, big head? So, you know, get in line, get in order, figure out who your little your little bay is going to be for cuffing season. But <laughs> in the midst of all of that, enjoy, enjoy your time, enjoy your moments, just in life in general. Get out, get some fresh air, explore. If you don't feel comfortable traveling internationally, do a domestic trip, maybe even just go to another town or another city in your state um do like do a staycation do some do something different do something fun like of course again you know we're in a quarantine and there are you know covid's not going anywhere but you with precaution and with safety measures you can enjoy yourself so i hope that you all take this episode 
um, with you. And, you know, I feel like I hope that you you've learned a lot from it. I hope that I was candid enough for you to feel fulfilled (laughs) and feel like I thoroughly informed you about some next steps that you can take in your life or, you know, have given you a sense of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like, just feeling like, wow, like somebody gets me. It's just a, a sense of relatability. Um, you know, whatever it may be from, from this episode that you've pulled, I hope that it's fulfilling. I hope that it's, it makes you feel, uh, more at ease and more comfortable, or you just sat back and thoroughly enjoyed listening to me and my pillowy voice on this podcast. So <laughs> yeah, but anyways, thank you so much for listening please make sure that you like and subscribe to Bonnets and Do-Rags, a Pillow Talk podcast on all podcast streaming platforms, whether it is Apple Podcast, it is uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, all of the podcast streaming platforms, you can go ahead and stream us there. Also, be sure to uh, follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those platforms are under the handle Bonnets, Do Rags, No And. So that's B O N N E T S D U R A G S um, across all social platforms. And you know, visit our website too, bonnetsanddurags.com. B O N N E T S A N D D U R ags.com we official y'all like right now i'm sold out of merch but i'm telling you i'm cooking up the merch right now there's new concepts and new themes that i want to come up with that i've come up with that i can't wait to share with you all Uh, but in the meantime check out the website you know you can listen back to old episodes on the website directly um and also just kind of checking out like what we were doing before with when we did in-person events and all of that. So be sure to check us out on there too. But like I said, I will be taking a break for the month of September. I'm really just taking a, a moment to recharge and reset so I can come back in October stronger and better than ever for Q4 so we can lead in with that strength in Q1 in 2021. But be, ble- be blessed, stay well, stay safe, and I will talk to you all later. Bye.